I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everybody and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. My name is Sunny and I'm here hosting with Caleb. What's up, dude? The ceiling. You're not wrong. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> it is a factual statement. So we have a few things that we want to talk about today. Um, we're gonna hit you with some very 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 quick play news. Um, we do have an update on uh, Neuron coming. Uh, and we say we have an update coming, we mean the OCG has an update coming. Yep, they're adding in Rush Tool support for it. Which means nothing over here because we don't have Rush Tools, at least not yet. Not yet. I'm I'm 99% sure that they're going to go ahead and get this set up now in the OCG because then they can just port it over to the TCG once we get Rush Tools. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have Rush Tools through the mobile game um, come whenever it gets announced. I think it's early 22 is when the... Was it, was it the... Something like that. Master Duel update. Whatever the the gaming... GameCon. No, 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 no. No? no. They said that they were doing a... Uh... The big presentation they did. Digital Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They announced during Digital Next that we were getting Rush Tools. So at least yeah. we have that coming. Yeah, we'll be getting the video game. And hopefully soon after that, we'll be getting the physical cards as well. Right. Uh, next set is the ma- is that we're getting some more actual news about Master Duel. Uh, in during- two weeks. Yeah, in like two weeks. Uh, specifically August 25th uh, during GamesCon. So, okay, so a week from the air date. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this was announced by Konami UK. Like the official Konami UK page. Or a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that, that's going to be good. We'll get a little bit more information about it. And the only information we have right now is that we will be getting more information. Yeah, as far as that is concerned. Um, and what Magic Duel itself is, it's pretty much just Magic the Gathering, Magic the Gathering Arena, but Probably. for Yu-Gi-Oh. Probably. Probably. But we're hoping to get more inf- information on the monetization model, the card, uh, the structuring as far as how you get cards, 
Um, what else are you hoping to see? Uh, well, I mean, customization options would be nice. Uh, we already know that you're going to be able to customize your field, your half of the field, and your sleeves. So that's going to be really nice. And you also get like what right. looks like a dual pet or a stool statue, which is also nice. Um, it would be cool to be able to find out how exactly... Like I said, monetization would be key, but it would also be cool to find out how exactly they plan on... Um, giving us the cards to play in the game. Yes, but also I want to learn how they plan on um, implementing the formats. Ooh. So TCG versus OCG, how exactly... That's a good point. Because I mean, if the whole thing is just on OCG ban lists like previous games have been, then it's useless. Mm-hmm. But Pretty much. It would be interesting to see how... You know, are they going to region lock it for different things and things of that sort? Yeah. Or are they going to... I mean, another possibility is that they could do, like, oh, I want to be set to this ban list, and then everyone who also gets set to that ban list who you get paired with, maybe. Or another thing they could also do is... I'm wondering how they're going to roll out new cards. So is is the OCG going to have all their cards early and then we won't be able to have access to those so we can't play in ocg servers or yeah or are they just going to give us all the cards and then we hear in the tcg have to sit here for a year before we finally get the physical cards right or maybe we'll just get to if we're playing tcg matches we get to play with only tcg legal cards and if we're playing in the ocg servers maybe we can play with ocg cards too you know yeah then then another thing that this also brings up is what are they going to do about tcg and ocg exclusive cards Here's another good one. What happens if you... So, okay, so if they release the cards in a set-by-set manner, what happens if you want to play some OCG games and you buy the cards in the OCG? When the cards get released to the TCG, do you still get them? Because if you bought the whole set in OCG land, is it still... I mean, because we won't get the same set that they get. That's a good point. I'm full of good points. Full of good questions. These are all amazing questions that hopefully Gamescom will answer. I am... If there's one thing that I'm good at, it is asking questions. And demanding answers to those questions. So I want to know exactly what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Um, That's about all we got for Quick Play News. Uh, We're going to take a very, 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 very quick ad break. Talk a little bit about Anchor. And then after that, we'll go ahead and we'll get into some big stuff. We have a new archetype and... Uh, we have a whole new release schedule mm-hmm. for the TCG. So, All right, everybody. Thank you so much for bearing with us and sitting through that. We understand. We know that everybody loves ads, but they keep us afloat, which helps. Oh, yeah. Big time. So um, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, updated release dates first. Okie dokie. Sounds uh, like a plan. It's a little bit less long form, so we can go ahead and give the people actual information. Yes. Okay. So whatever the ske- you thought the schedule was before, just ignore it. Ignore it because they changed up everything. It's ridiculous. Literally every release for the next six months has been changed. Okay, so to begin with, uh, let's see. I just had it open a second ago. So let's let's just start off with the 10, 21, 2021 Tin of Ancient Battle. So um, that will be the next product that releases, which will release on October the 1st. So... As of recording, or do we just say episode airs August 13th, we're talking about we still have to go another seven weeks yeah. before this product releases. A solid month and a half, almost a month and three, four, and three fourths. But the counterpoint is that when that product releases, it will be 
a huge reprint set. Oh, oh, you know, no, the the tens have always been just a gigantic reprint set. Right. So th- this will allow us to like really, um, it, it'll really give us the chance to go in and get things that we don't have. These this is where you're going to get your triple tactics talents, oh, your yeah. access codes, your droplets. Um, you could potentially get uh, the entire. Uh, Trapper Gate archetype. You could get the entire. You get uh, the entire virtual world archetype. Yep. They already say that the entire at Ignister archetype is going to be in there, which is awesome. Oh yeah, and that includes Dark Infant. I imagine the Link Five. Um. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The Towers one at the, the yeah. Link Six. Yeah. I think they have a Link Five and a Link Six. They might. I don't know. I, that deck is on my list of decks that I want to learn to play against. Yeah. Definitely. Because I've got this whole list of decks that I want to learn what they do, learn how to play them, and learn how to play against them. And that is really way up on my list. It's like that salad, virtual world. Um, I have ideas of how all those decks play, but I want to know the actual like choke points on each of those yeah. decks. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, So that way if you can come across, you can play choke against them out. it. Right, yeah. I, 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 yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then next up, um, October fifteenth is when we're getting the Cyber Strike structure deck. Yeah. So... Uh, that didn't really change. I don't think. I think we were already planning on that. Uh... Um, I think it got changed a little bit. I mean, the, keep in mind the original release date for this set was July. Yeah. Yeah. It it is what it is. Uh, October ninth. Yeah. Uh, October twenty ninth is when we're actually getting Synchro Storm. Right. So originally this had been pushed back to January twenty first. And then, and then January 14th. And now, and now all now all the way back to October 29th. Right. Again, keep in mind, we were supposed to get this in June or July. Yep. Uh, then November 5th is when we're getting Burst of Destiny. Which originally was supposed to be middle to early October. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. November 19th is when we're getting both Maximum Gold Eldorado and the IP Mascarena Accessories. So, I believe Maximum Gold was originally supposed to be middle of October. Yeah, but that's also when we're supposed to get the IP Mascarena accessories, because all the IP Mascarena stuff is the alt art, which will be in... Right, yeah. Maximum Gold. Yeah, exactly. So, they're spo- kind of supposed to go hand in hand. Uh, December 3rd, we get Brothers of Legend. Okay. January 14th, we get The Grand Creators. January 28th, we get Hidden Arsenal Chapter 1. So, Hidden Arsenal Chapter 1 was moved back two months grand creators was moved back a month and a half um brothers of legend was pushed back a month and a half maximum goal was pushed back about a month um burst of destiny was pushed back probably close to a month uh synchro storm has been pushed back at this point four months it was pushed back six and then they moved it up to so we're still back four that being said that was the wise decision with synchro storm because because a lot of the stuff in Synchro Storm goes hand in hand with stuff in Bode. With stuff in Bode. Like, for instance, it gives uh, Flunder, well, not just Flunderies, any uh, Winged Beast archetype their pot of greed. Yeah, yeah. So the card, I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's got like a just a feather as the art. Yeah, it's actually Sacred Crane's feather. Okay, yeah. So it's it's got a feather as the art. It was an anime card. And yeah. so, like, if you control a Winged Beast, draw two cards, or take 600 or, damage or something. Or, no, 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 no. If you control two Winged Beasts with different names, draw two cards, and then take, like, 600 damage. Yeah, it's it's literally insane. Oh, yeah. that That's kind of really an, a really important card for just even, just Flunderies in general, to start with. Um, you know, plus there's all the stuff 
Uh, for and, the Lyralisk deck. Yeah, for the Lyralisk deck, Lyralisk deck, all the stuff for the, the Chevalier. Cheval, yeah, that's when that's where we're getting Chevalier de Fleur and all of those. And Baroness. Chevalier de Fleur, I thought that was the, the Baroness. Yeah, that was Chevalier de Fleur will be a reprint. Yeah, 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 are, yeah. yeah. So also where we're getting a uh, Baroness de Fleur. The um, Baroness de Fleur is going to be. Uh, it's a level ten synchro and yeah. it's super duper hittable in Zhang. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which is now, which we now know is called Sword Soul. Right. So this, it's super hittable in Sword Soul, and we know that, um, that'll be a. You, you basically you're gonna have to run that card in Sword Soul. It, it's for sure, for sure, gonna be a secret right here. Oh yeah, no. It, I mean, I mean, Sword Soul by itself already an amazing deck. Right. And it can hit Baroness to floor with no issue. What's not what's not to love? Um, yeah. Long story short, it was very important to a lot of players that we get Synchro Storm before or around the same time as as a Burst of Destiny, which makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <clears throat> so that's about it for the good old, uh, you know, update. So hopefully none of this changes anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest thing here. Is you know. I... Listen, I get it. Things are difficult. Just once you figure out a schedule and release an entire schedule, stick to it. As best you can. Yeah, I mean, we have our schedule here for the podcast we're recording. And sometimes it's not always easy. You know, sometimes I get off work late. Sometimes it's, you know, we you are trying to work out timing with guests. It's not easy. But at the same time... We're also producing a podcast, not trying to release... Well, yeah, but the point is, once you once you have a schedule, you announce a schedule, and you commit to it, stay committed to it. That that's my that's my biggest gripe here. Is I understand that okay, cool. They're they're the creators of the game. They can do whatever they want, but like, be consistent. You know, please. That that's that's my only takeaway from this is that it really, 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 really upsets me. That there's such a huge lack of consistency from Konami on this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and there's one thing I've learned through my many years of playing Dungeons and Dragons is a good DM isn't always correct, but they're always consistent with 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 with, with where they are wrong. I mean, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just consistency. It, it just I don't know. It, it kills me. Oh yeah. Um. So that's about that for the. Uh, for that uh so next up we now know uh the what the full what the full brave token theme is okay so this is coming out of grand creators yep and this was when they said i think in the set description said something about being the main character to your own story or something like that yeah yeah the main character uh you're the main character fellowship yeah yeah you're the main character of your own fantasy story right and kind of me reading through this i i realized it's it's an it's an isekai manga Okay, I don't know what that is. So, the idea behind an isekai, for anyone else who doesn't know, I'm also probably saying that wrong, and I apologize to people who are shouting at me for saying isekai wrong. Um, the idea is your your main character is just some dude in modern times. Something happens, he gets, and then they get transported to a fantasy world and have to now live in the fantasy world. Sword Art Online. Kind of. It's ve- that I. I think that's what popularized the idea. Um, a better, a less popular, but in my opinion, better written example would actually be Overlord. It doesn't take much to be better written than Sword Art Online, okay? 
Fair. Okay. Um, okay. And before before everybody gets mad, I liked Sword Art Online through the end of the first season. And I felt like when they got past the end of the first season, they were like, oh, this is a perfect ending. Let's wrap it all up here. Cool. And they were like, oh, wait, what? A bunch more money to make another season? All right. I guess we're making another season. All right. Let's do this. Um, It bothers me so much anyway, when a uh, show that has a good ending doesn't stick to the good ending and yeah. goes for the cash grab. Uh, anyway, okay, so like, so like the big, okay, so like hey, the you bi- started this tangent. Fair enough. Okay, but like the biggest difference is the sword art technically doesn't count as an isekai due to the fact that you. Can- well, you have to stick to isekai. You committed to that. Fair name. enough, isekai. <laughs> thank you. Anyway, the reason, okay, the reason why sword art technically doesn't count is due to the fact that they, after a point, they could leave. Okay, yeah, but then in the next season they jumped right back into it. Yeah, yeah, but you get you. Yeah, the whole point is that you they can't dumb. leave. That's why something like Inuasha isn't part of this. Anyway, okay, so I haven't watched Inuasha since I was a kid. I didn't realize that there was ever a point when she could leave the the yes place. Yeah, yeah, where she could leave feudal Japan and go back to modern. She, yes, she did jump. She jumped back and forth a lot. Really? Yep. That seems like cheating. A little bit. Anyway, um, but that's why that's not part because you can bounce back and forth. With an uh, isekai, you can't. Hmm. Um, like I said, a better example would be like Overlord. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Uh, my fiance recently got really into... So I've been reincarnated as a spider. So do things where somebody already lives in said world, but basically their entire world is shaken up count? So, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, he lives in his own little world, but he's basically no. taken out of his own little comfort zone and put into a different spot. No. Because he's not in an alternate world. Okay. That's the, that's the big separation. For instance, for the main character of um, the, time I, uh, the time I was reincarnated as a slime was that he was in a modern-day world uh, hanging out with some friends and he got hit by a truck. And at, and with his dying words, got... Uh, it was a lot. Everything aligned to where he was reincarnated as a slime in this fantasy world. Weird. Very much so. Anyway, the whole shtick is that you're supposed to go to like a YCS or a regional or something, and you know how they have those things where you can print a token with your face on it. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to use that. <laughs> oh, okay. You're supposed to use that. So you are the main character in this fantasy journey. Okay, and I just want everybody to know. Caleb has read all these cards and knows what they do, and he's read them all to me, but I was at work and wasn't really listening, so I, this is basically my first time going through it, too. Fair enough. Okay, so to start, the the actual theme is called Yusha Token, which would be hero, but not hero, as an elemental hero. Right. So, they're calling, so, we're, so, Yu-Gi-Oh! Organization's calling it, uh, Brave Token, uh, to avoid the infinite questions about, could this be used for Vision Hero Adoration? It I cannot. Mean... We'll, we'll get, like, an actual real name at some point. At some point. Uh, so first off, we have the normal spell, spell card, which is the bread and butter to the entire archetype. Rite of Aramesia. It's a normal spell card. Um, you can only activate one card of this card's name per turn. You cannot activate monster effects on the field the turn you activate this card, except special summon monsters. So it punishes you for normal summoning. Yep. Oh, uh, one. If you control no brave tokens, you get a brave token. It's a Fairy Earth level 4 with 2,000 attack and 2,000 defense. Then, if you do not control Journey of Destiny, you can place one Journey of Destiny from your deck face up in your Spell and Trap card zone. Seems pretty good. Uh, those two effects are disjointed, so 
even if you do control a token, you still get the you still get the spell card. If you control a spell card, you still get your token. Right. Um That makes sense. Yeah. Um so you so the next up we have a new a new monster, level four fire warrior, called Magicite Warrior of the Ruins. Level four with two thousand three hundred attack, a thousand defense. Yo, that's a big normal summon. He's not a normal summon. Alright, never mind. While you control a brave token, you can special summon this card from your hand. Oh, well, I mean, there you go. However, it cannot attack while you control no brave tokens. And at the end of the battle phase, if your monster that specifically lists the token Brave Token in its text battled, you can set a trap card that specifically lists the token Brave Token in its text directly from your deck to your spell and trap card zone. So that could be really good depending on what the traps are. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the Wandering Griffin Rider, level 7 Wind Winged Beast, 2000 attack, 2800 defense. You can only use this card's first and second effects once per turn. During the main phase, if you control no monsters or you control a brave token, quick effect. You can special summon this card from your hand. There's a reason why it's a quick effect. We'll get that in a second. Two, when a card or effect is activated, comma, if you control a brave token, quick effect, colon, you can shuffle this card into the deck, and if you do, negate and destroy. Yo, hey, a quick effect negate and destroy is pretty good. You can spit out during your turn, during your opponent's turn, because its special summon effect is, in fact, a quick effect. I mean, just if you control one of these tokens, it's yeah. good. Just as like, so some cards have a stipulation like, oh, if you control, um, you know, exactly three monsters with two thousand attack, like, okay, that's not really good. Or, you know, if you control exactly a level ten synchro monster, which before Zhang Zhang comes out is not very good. Yeah. But if you control a brave token, which has an entire archetype, which has an entire deck that summons brave tokens. That's not the worst. We'll get into that in a minute, actually. Uh, so then there's that spell card that that first spell card was talking about, Journey of Destiny. It is a continuous spell card. You can only use this card's first and second effects uh, once per turn. Uh, one, during your main phase, you can, add to, you can add to your hand one monster from your deck that specifically lists the token, Brave Token, in its text. Then send a card from your hand to the graveyard. Two, if a monster is normal or special summon, you can add to your hand... Or equip to one Brave Token you control an equip spell from your deck that specifically lists the token Brave Token in its text. 3. Each turn, the first time a monster you, you control will be destroyed by battle while, it's equipped, while it is equipped with an equipped card, it is not destroyed. Yo, I just want to say, the artwork for this card is kind of sick. Not, no fool, and all the, all the artwork to this is amazing, which is sad, and I'll get into why it's sad in a minute. Well, if you look at it, the artwork for this card... Is Diviner of the Heralds standing with the Wandering Griffin Rider and the Magicite Warrior? Magicite Warrior, and it's like, it's like they're there. It's like they're on a journey together. Yep, uh, because which is like, kind of cool. Yeah, because like in the first card, Rite of Armesia, is Diviner of Heralds like I think it's Diviner anyway, like summoning you to this world, and then you're going on an adventure with the Magicite Warrior and the Wandering Griffin Rider. It sure looks like Diviner. Anyway, uh, so, so that was Journey of Destiny. Yep. Uh, and then next is... So, wait, wait. Let's think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. This is their continuous spell. It's once per turns. So, the first effect is during the main phase only, which kind of sucks. And it also kind of sucks that it's a continuous spell because it dies to Twin Twister and Cosmic. Um, you can add a monster from your deck and specifically list the token as text. Then 
Send a card from your hand to the graveyard. Okay, so that could be good if they have any graveyard recycling effects. Um, if Because then it's a search and a discard, even if you have nothing in hand. Uh, if I'm, But it has to be a monster, so that's not as good. If a monster is normal or special, then you can add to your hand or equip to a brave token you control and equip spell card from your text from your deck okay so they're gonna have to have an equip spell they have three wow okay and the third effect will be short by battle okay it's not short okay all right so let's go let's do the first equip spell which is noble arms of light danil which is yep. a really interesting name is to give it a noble arms name because i think there are cards already that search a noble arms spell or trap huh oh there's a bunch yeah there's an entire r type around searching out for noble arms right actually there's two of them but it's not Infernoble Knight doesn't just search everything, does it? They they can search for noble arms, and that's kind of what you're supposed to do. It's not what they actually do. I I don't think. No, it's not what they actually do. I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a world in which you can splash this archetype with the brave tokens with like the original. Noble Knights or the or the Infernobles. I mean, do either of those decks have plays where they don't rely on their normal summon effect to go off? Um, not not Noble Knights. Those rely very heavily on normal summons. Yeah, like but Infernoble, they have some lines where you don't really like need your normal summon per se. But here's the thing: this deck gives you a way. To get warriors on field without a normal summon, which is kind of the whole thing, right? Well, the only one that's a warrior is the Magicite warrior. Uh, the Togan is a fairy, and the Griffin Rider is a winged beast. Okay, but like even... Yeah, no, because basically to start the Infernoble lines, you have to have two warriors because you have to be able to link off into Isolde. Yeah. So, without a way to clearly link off into Isold, I don't know that it's possible. Probably not. Is well, the special summon effect of Magistrate or Magicite once per turn? Let me go double check. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's less good. Okay, so here's what the Noble Arms uh, of Light Danil actually does. Of course, yeah. it's an equip spell. Um, equip only to a monster you control. Which is interesting. You don't see that very often. And the fact that it says that is... Uh, means something. Means something. You can only use this card's third effect uh, once per turn. You can One, you can only control one Noble Arms of Light Danil. Fair. Uh, two, the equipped monster gains 500 attack for each monster with a different name you control that specifically lists the token, Brave Token, in its text. So a maximum of 1,000. Because we only have two monsters. Correct. So far. Yeah. Um, three, if this card is sent to the graveyard, you can target a brave token you control. Equip that car- this card to that monster you control. I mean, it's okay. It's alright. Uh, next equip spell um, is Starlit Papillon. You can only use uh, you can only equip onto a monster you control. Pretty much the exact same effect as the Danil. Um, you can only control one Starlit Papillon. Monsters your opponent controls lose 500 attack for each monster with a different name that you control that specifically lists the token, brave token, in its text. Again, for a maximum of 1,000 right now. Yeah. Um, if this card is into the graveyard, same thing, re-equip. Third, third equip spell, Draco back the Dragon Steed. It's, it's like a wyvern, it's like a wyvern, but if wyverns were a chocobo. Yeah. Um... Same thing, equip only to a monster you control. You can only use the second and third effects of this card's name once per turn. Um, you can only control one Draco back the Dragon Steed. 
Uh, while this card is equipped to, um, to a non-effect monster, tokens are non-effect monsters, you can target one card your opponent controls return to the hand. Interesting, though, that that is not a quick effect. V- yes, that, that is that is something I was about to point out. It's not a quick effect, so not as good as Compulse. Right. Um, three, if this card is in the graveyard, you can just immediately re-equip it. It might be... It might be... It, I mean, it's definitely usable in, like, a board-breaking scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, they have two field spells. Okay, let's talk about the first one, which is Zar, Zararham the Dark Temple. Uh, it's a field spell. While you control a monster equipped with Noble Arms of Light Danil, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects during the battle phase. Ah, that would be so much better if it wasn't during the battle phase. I know. If it, I wish it just said during the main, main during main phase one. Something like that. Uh, once per turn, when your Brave Token destroys an opponent's monster by battle, you can inflict damage to your opponent equal to that monster's original attack. Three, once per turn, if you activated this card's second effect previously this turn... You can add to your hand one field spell in your deck or graveyard that specifically lists the token, Brave Token, in its text, except Zararharm the Dark Temple. Now remember, it says to recur from hand, you know, it says to add it from your deck or graveyard to your hand. So you can sit there and just... Recycle. Recycle this guy with the other field spell, uh, the Woods of Lost Flowers. Uh, it should be noted... That the origin originally the card the third effect of that card was incorrectly shown as having no limitations on how many times it could be activated during a turn, but its text was updated in the news page and shown as uh and shown in an errata. Yeah. Same you, thing with same thing with the second spell card. Yeah, you can only use their third effects once per turn. Hard once per turn. Uh anyway, the Woods of Lost Flowers, field spell. Uh your monsters equipped with Starlet Papillon are unaffected by any card effect activated by your opponent. That's pretty good by itself, actually. Uh, once per turn, when your Brave Token destroys an opponent's monster by battle, draw a card. Once per turn, if you activated this card's second effect previously this turn, you can add to your hand one field spell in your deck or graveyard that specifically lists the token Brave Token in its text, except the Woods of Lost Flowers. So ideally, you would just, like, activate the, uh, the Dark Temple, search for Lost Woods, activate Lost Woods over top of the Dark Temple, and just keep switching back and forth between the two of them. Ideally, yeah. Yeah. And that's it for spells. Uh, for traps, we have Thunder Discharge. What a name. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. One, if you control a Brave Token, target one of your monsters equipped with an equipped card that specifically lists the token Brave Token in its text. Destroy as many monsters your opponent controls with equal or lower attack as possible. Then you can equip an equip spell from your hand or graveyard that lists the Brave Token in its text to an appropriate monster you control. Okay. So, possible board wipe of 2k of 2 to 3 of any monster between 2k and... I'm doing math. 4k. Right. Yeah, because uh, because if you have the Starlet Papillon and the Sword with both of them out, that's a that's a minus one thousand your opponent, a plus one thousand to you, so it lets them hit monsters with four thousand attack. The bigger issue here is that the um, the you can't actually. So it says if you control a Brave Token colon, target one of your monsters equipped with an equip card that specifically lists the token. 
Brave token and its text. So that's the issue. You can't actually, you cannot actually target your token because it won't list Brave token and its text because it's a normal monster. It doesn't have text. Correct. So that means you have to have your equip cards equipped to a non-token, which is kind of gross because if they're not equipped to the token, they, they basically do almost nothing. Almost. Um... And they can still recur themselves, but I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, they can still recur themselves. Um. Well, okay. So with uh the uh noble arms of light, and the starlit papillon, their actual equip effects would still work just fine. Mm-hmm. Really, the only ones whose equip effect wouldn't function is the Draco steed, but that's because he very specific is Draco back because he very specifically requires he be equipped to a non-effect monster. Right. Uh, and then the next trap is Resurrection Breath. Um, you can only activate one card's name once per turn. If you control a Brave Token, special summon up to two monsters with different names from your hand and or graveyard, then ban- but banish them when they leave the field. Then you can equip an equip spell from your hand or graveyard that lists the token Brave Token in its text to an appropriate monster you control. So basically you get back out Magicide, the Warrior, and the Griffin Rider back out on board, and then you get to equip one of your equip spells. Right. Giving you either plus 1,000 or give your opponent minus 1,000. Yeah. It's interesting. Yep. Um, and then they also mentioned that the, that the uh, Grand Creators and the, and the OCG will have a Hidden Armory reprint. So for those of you that don't know, Hidden Armory says, Send the top card of your deck to the graveyard. Add one equip spell from your deck or graveyard to your hand. You cannot normal summon or set the turn you activate this card, which is, that card's never really been an issue because guess what? Most people like normal summoning. Oh, yeah. So. This deck doesn't care. Yeah, mo- most warrior decks want to get at least one normal summon in per yeah. turn. Um, now, that was the entire archetype as far as, uh, that we know that we have so far. I'm going to ask you a question, Sonny. I want you to see if you can answer me. How many tokens can you generate with this deck using one, of e- one copy of each card? Is the answer one? The answer is one. Only one card generates a brave token. And it and can only it, do it once per turn. And it can only do it once per turn, and it can't recur itself. Wow, this deck sucks. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of cool, interesting ways you could splash it, I guess. But like, if and like, you... there's all kind like, and like, just the way that everything interacts with the token is so cool. The problem is, one there's... token collector ruins your whole day. Yeah, activate this card. Token collect just reveal a token collector. You just kind of go. You just kind of shrug and go. Scoop. All right, game two. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Game two. Let's go. And it's a non-searchable spell card. There's no way for you to search the spell card that summons the token. Yeah, because it's not it's not a field spell card, so you don't have terraforming. Um, it's just it's you not have an, to have it. It's not an archetypal spell card either. It's not That's rave true. token. Blah blah blah. Okay, well hold on. There are cards in the archetype that say you can add any card That's, that lists brave yeah. token in its text, which it does. So that's really your only way of doing that. And I'm like, this archetype could have been so cool and the artwork is so great. Too bad it all relies on a token that you can't protect. Oh, no, no, that card searches a monster that specifically lists Brave Token. So, no, they don't. They literally have no way to search it. Never mind. It's, not, it's a non-searchable spell card <laughs> that you need in your opening hand to even play the deck. Yeah, past that, you're literally just on... Triple Solemn Strike, Triple Ice Dragon's Prison. Just, just stun. Yep, just stun until I draw this card so I can play the game. 
And right. then you activate the spell card, token collector. Looks like I'm stunning until I draw the second one. Right. And then you're going to go even deeper with uh, prosperities and everything like that. But still yeah. not see it, probably. Pro- well, I mean, at that point, I'd say I'd say forget it and just run prosperity and uh, extravagance because this deck does not care about its extra deck whatsoever. No, you cannot run both. I know. You can't resolve both fully in one game. It's not possible. I know. I'm just saying, though. Yeah. Just, um, just for the odds of getting one or the other, because this deck does not care about its extra deck. Yeah. So you'd have I'm to not, run prosperity and desires. Yeah. And now I'm not saying. Like, now I'm not saying it's good. It's terrible. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do this. But it's better just to not run the the archetype. I mean, if you want to run it, there might be an interesting way to tech the engine in somewhere. But I don't see how. Yep. Because the deck also punishes you. Because one of the cards actively punishes you for normal summoning. Right. I think a couple of them do. Yeah. Definitely the continuous spell card just actively punishes you because you can't activate its effects. Right. So, we're going to take a quick little ad break. And we're going to talk about our sponsor, ETB Games. So, ETB Games is, for those that don't know, one of our local card shops here in central Louisiana. They're located in Alexandria, Louisiana. They host regular weekly tournaments, which we try to participate in as often as we can, as well as they also host once a month a large tournament called a Battle City Day. Um, they just got approved as an OTS store, so Ooh. right. So pretty soon we'll be doing OTS packs and come on in, get the OTS packs, son. Right, right. Lost art promotions, things like that. Uh, got gotta love them. Uns- gotta love them uncensored guns. Yeah, I got my barrel dragon over the weekend. I'm not gonna lie, it looks sick. Oh yeah, or like the uncensored pair of scissors. Uh, Edge Imp Sabers. Yep. Or the saw blade on a on a Edge Imp Tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it Edge Imp Tomahawk or Edge Imp? It was the line with the buzz saw on his chest. Uh, Leo. Maybe no. it was Fright for Leo. Anyway, it might, I think it might have actually been a Fright for a card. Now that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this at this moment right now we're talking about etb games and how they're a great place to or go all for... the bellies on the harpy cards yes not just bellies well not just the bellies now hey this is a nice a nice christian podcast okay a nice family podcast anyway now let's get back to talking about etb a great place to go for whatever for what for whatever your card gaming needs are in alexandria just whatever you don't do don't bring boobs to my christian minecraft server okay no booba no 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 biddies got it Anyway, um, but ETB but, games in Minecraft, in Minecraft, <laughs> ETB uh, games in Alexandria, Louisiana—they're the place that we go to first for all of our card game needs. That's Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic: The Gathering, Digimon. They carry things for all of these card games. They are very, very, very well liked in the community. Uh, they do a great job on all their sales. You can find them at etbgames.com. Link in the description below. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for to ETB for sponsoring us. And everybody, please check them out when you get a chance. Also, for those of you interested in tabletop RPGs, they do have stuff for TTRPGs. Yes, they do. They sell figurines. They sell paint. Books. Um, if you're if you're fairly local to the area, they can they will rent you private rooms to meet up in and come in, and they have uh, places where you can do tabletop gaming. In D and D rooms, basically. Oh yeah, D and D, Pathfinder, Warhammer, whatever your tabletop RPG is. Yeah, they're they're very accommodating to every part of, uh, basically every nerd community. Every tabletop thing. 
No, not just tabletop. Basically, every nerd community. They even have Super Smash Brothers tournaments. Fair. All of that. That I mean, is fair. They have like five TVs in there. They play. You can play video games in there. They have couches. You can hang out. It's a it's a great hanging out spot. Once again, that's ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Absolutely. Um. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is not actually in our show notes. I'm surprising Caleb with it. He doesn't know. Um. I wanted to talk a bit about our competitive aspirations in the game. So I found myself recently being pretty upset about the results of the most recent locals that we went to. Um, I went two six a uh, two two three one, which it was a six rounds of Swiss. Uh, it was our return to organized play tournament, which had the trophy, and it got me thinking that I'm really not happy with those results. And sure, um, a lot of those results can be attributed to, uh, oh, you know, I bricked in against plunder, and I bricked twice against uh, paleo frog, and. You know, I bricked here and I bricked there and it didn't help. And then uh, my opponent just had the call by and things like that. And if you... Or my opponent just had the... What was it that one game, Sonny? Uh, all three of your infinite impermanences, just one after the other after the other. Uh, call by the grave. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did that to Caleb last night. Uh, what else was in there? Like, all the hand traps! Oh, yeah, I opened... Uh, I opened infinite, infinite impermanence, ghost bell... Um, Imperial Order, Solemn Strike, and a starter. And then I proceeded to... Th- or no, it was Ash Blossom. It was... Okay, so it was Infinite Impermanence. It was Ash Blossom. It was Effect Veiler. It was Solemn Strike. And it was a, a Desires. And then my next two cards off the top were Imperm, Imperm. Keep in mind, I'm playing with Dolce. Yeah, Imperms are rough. Just... What does any deck do with that? Uh, not much. Not not much. That That is a hand of... Hey, I don't get to play Yu-Gi-Oh, but neither do you. Right. That's all that matters. So, but I got to thinking about it. I said, okay, if I take a step back, let's think about everything that happened that weekend. Round one, I got the win against Prank Kids, and that was cool. Round two, I lost to Drytron. Um, my critic, I had a fatal error where I made a misplay, and it left me ending on a very subpar board. Um... The next thing is, I ended up, so I lost, I lose round two to Drytron. He wins game one, he FDKs me in game two. I end up on, I end up on, I end on a subpar board because of a misplay and he kills me. Which is my own fault, you know. Now, if I make my proper board, does he win that game? I don't know. Because he also had triple tactics talent in hand. But the issue is, it gives me a chance and at that point, we don't know what happens from there. But what we do know is potentially I could win that game, potentially if we go game three, but that's not here nor there because my misplay ended that match earlier. The next thing is round three, I played against Plunders. I did not know what the deck did, and and I bricked. Round four, I played against... Um, oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it now. Dragon Link. That ended in a tie for reasons that I don't really want to talk about on the podcast. Um, round five was Sky Striker, which I did win that round. And round six was um, Paleo Frog, which I lost because I bricked. Now, when you hear that, you say, okay, well, you bricked twice against Plunder and you bricked twice against Paleo Frog. 
you know, bricks happen. Sometimes you get them multiple times in a tournament. It happens. The issue is, though, I think it would be wrong of me to for my takeaway there to be I bricked it happens and changed nothing. The issue is deck building. Or the issue is improper play in different times. Sometimes, sure, you brick, but maybe you still have a way to stop your opponent and then give yourself more turns. Um, And I think that coming out of this experience with a mindset of, oh, well, I bricked, there was nothing I could do, does not benefit me at all and doesn't help me get better at the game. So my goal moving forward is to learn from those experiences in different ways, which I know now I've made some sweeping changes to my deck list. I've put a lot more care and thought into what I'm doing deck list wise. And so as a result, I think my deck comes out better. Now there's also things in my play that need to be fixed. So my solution there is to play test as much as possible. And how do I do that? I get on and I do remote duels in our server every night. Yes, that is absolutely a plug, by the way, for our Discord server. Link in the description below. We want everybody to join. I do, I'm do. i committed to doing a minimum of two duels a night. Even if I get off work late and I have to stay up late, I'm going to get two matches in a night. I need to hone my skills. I need to get better at the game because I don't just want to appear at these events and have everybody say, oh, hey, there's Sonny. He's at table 23. I want people to... I want to appear at these events and people say, oh man, there's Sonny. Wow, he's here. He's good. He'll be at table three or two all day. So with that said, I think the only way that I can truly improve myself is to grind harder than a skateboard at the X Games. To be, yeah, I know. <laughs> Listen, man, you got to be out here ready to go. Day. Listen, I can't take I can't, I cannot take credit. That is a spin-off of a Jeff Foxworthy joke. <laughs> Man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Nobody has. So that said, it I just it's something that I felt I had to say. Cause like if you go look on the Twitter page, there were some posts where I was like down last Saturday night. Oh yeah. So I kind of had to go in. I had to readjust my mindset. Uh, I got some good words of wisdom from the Don Juan. For those people that know, know who the Don Juan is, he is a wonderful, wonderful individual and a great player. Um, so it's always it's one of those things where you're going through and you're scrolling through Twitter and you're having a bad day and you see just the exact words that you need at the time. And it's just like, all right, I'm back. Let's, Let's do this. Exactly. Time for a training arc. Let's go. Yeah, that's literally where I'm at right now. I I'm in my I'm like I'm in the middle of my time skip. So that's my commitment. I, I want to become a better duelist, and I think that how that happens is by um, grinding as much as possible. What do you think? Oh yeah, no, no, oh yeah, no. But then something else you also have to keep in mind is you have to grind. Yeah, you have to grind against not only multiple people, multiple decks. Yeah, this is the format to do that. Be, yeah. You know, I mean, because how many decks are uh, got top 16? How many different decks? What was it, like, eight, Probably, yeah. nine? I don't know the exact number. Yeah. But it, it was a lot. I mean, you're looking at, realistically, the way I see it is, 
the decks that we have that are competitive this format that can honestly go in and top a tournament you have tri brigade you have drytron you have prank kids those are the three best decks of the format for sure then you have competitive you have virtual world you have sky striker you have salomon great um dragon link still doing its thing absolutely dragon link is absolutely still a competitive deck granted it is weaker to hand traps now but they have to have the hand traps right and if they don't they'll just get overwhelmed with a combination of borload savage chaos ruler right and i think realistically you also need to be cognizant and aware of Obviously, Invoke Shadal Dogmatica is still it's still a good deck. It hasn't gotten hit by the banlist any. It's just still there. It's just kind of always in the back, muttering to itself. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Alistar, invocation already in hand. Let's go. You want some Alistar? Come on, Ashme, Ashme, bro, Ashme. I've already got the invocation. Ashme. Okay, <laughs> but I think that you really have ten to twelve decks that can top a tournament. Plus, you have Rogue. Yeah, do not knock the Rogue decks, because you'll go, oh, it's just Plunder Patrol, and then you're staring down a full negate yeah. board that you can't do anything through. Guess what? That Plunder Patrol player, he got he went 4-2 that day. He did really well for himself. That's nothing to scoff at. Oh, yeah, and that's just Plunder Patrol. With Medolce, if you don't stop them, they'll just remove your entire, non-targeting remove your entire board. Yeah, I mean, look at Giant Skyhawk. Look at what he's been able to do with Fluffle. Yeah, exactly. Of all decks, Fluffle. And then, you know, and then of course you can't knock, knock the, the Grin Maju because there's no, a level 3 normal summon with 10k attack is nothing to scoff at. And a rank 8 toolbox. And the rank 8 toolbox, which includes Santa Fond. Yeah, it's a it's a good deck. I mean, there there's all these rogue options. You have Phantom Knights. Phantom Knights are good. They got third place at this tournament. Oh, yeah. Phantom Knights, uh, Burning Abyss, uh, PK Fire, which is yeah. Phantom Knights, Burning Abyss. Right. Just... And then you have the Trap BA. Then you have Trap Shadal. I mean, it, it's really... You have Pure Shadal that can run... They have combo variants of Pure Shadal. I mean, Pure Shadal has a power place. I ran one. Exactly. I dude, mean... Dude, I ran one where if my combo went off no problem, which was actually really easy depending upon whether I was going first or second. All it required was Shadal Fusion in hand, and that's it. Right. Um, if I was going first, I would need Shadal Fusion, a light, access to a light monster, and a Shadal monster. That's it. Right. And I would end on a board of a defense position, El Shadal Construct, Avramax, and then during my opponent's turn, flip Schism and make Winda. Yeah. I. There's so many decks right now that are competitive, and I think that the solution here is to... Keep as many of them as possible on your radar. Play as much as possible. I mean, even look, even looking forward, you have uh, Sword Soul coming up. Yeah, Sword Soul, Flunderies, Live Twins are going to be really competitive soon because they finally got the thing they needed—a big boss oh, monster. Add Ignister stuff. Add Ignister's a playable deck. Yes, Add Ignister. Uh, Code Talkers. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's, there's still there's a lot that's playable, and the more you can duel, and the more you can play the better your chances are. If you look at I was in we were in our server the other day and my god, shout out to Mr. Ben. I he whooped my butt and he was playing Infernoid. Yeah, he was playing Infernoid and he destroyed me. Why? Well, one he's outright a better player than I am. It's just but, that simple. Uh but, 
Two, he also has a better idea of the matchup itself. But that's just part of being a better player. And he knew he knew every, he knew everything my deck did, and I knew nothing about what his deck did. The match before he was watching us play, and he was providing commentary and being like, "Hey, you know, just a thought. You know, why didn't you maybe do this play or this play?" And it's so helpful to have that commentary and that insight mid-game to understand. Oh, I can do this, and it just those things literally just make you a better player. So I, these are the things that. These are the reasons that I'm I've committed myself to a basically a training regimen, um, and for those that want to take this training regimen with me, come hang out in the server. We are we're I'm in there every single night getting games. I'm in there. Uh, Caleb's in there every single day, every single night. We're in there. We're we have a cool little community <clears throat> built up. We've got probably. At this time, it's still fairly small, 40 to 50 people, which, I mean, hey, we're averaging about, you know, 150 to 200 plays per episode. Which is easily 10 times more than I was expecting at this point. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just crazy to me that if you look at it, you have probably 40 to 50 percent or, well, okay, I'm sorry, 25 to 30 percent of our community of all the people listening here are already in the server. So if we can get just like another 10% to join and of those 10% get four or five people that play remote duels, I mean, you could really be looking at, you know, us within no time having a full, I mean, we can be hosting tournaments and everything. Oh yeah. It's so exciting to think about. Which would be a blast. Yeah. And again, I am willing to host free tournaments, free entry, and I'll do prize support out of my my own personal binder and ship it out to y'all. Mm-hmm. So listen, I'm I'm really excited for the things that we have going. I'm excited for you know the future of both us us and the podcast. So, um, with all that said, I think that'll pretty much take us out, right? Yep. I I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much. We are logging out to today is Friday, August thirteenth. Be sure to come back. Next Tuesday, August, probably the 17th. Come back Tuesday, August 17th for a new episode. We are always uploading every Tuesday, every Friday. The schedule never changes. Be sure to tell all your friends about our podcast. We are spreading by word of mouth a lot, and it really, really helps. Uh, We ask that you please follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you're following us. If you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a rating and a review right now. Everybody has left us five-star ratings, which is awesome. Our reviews are glowing, and that is all thanks to you guys, and it helps us so much, and we really appreciate it. Okay, just to kind of show off how much it helps, uh, I googled Chalice Line Monthly like a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. First link was to a Reddit thread about... The, after all the videos. Yeah, after all the videos. Uh, the first actual link was to a Reddit thread talking about the January one. Second link was us. Third link was an Amazon link to go buy the card Incantation Chalice Line. Right. We've outratioed the actual card itself. Being sold on Amazon. Yeah, we outratioed Amazon, folks. <laughs> Woo! So, thank you again, everybody, so much for listening. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that. If you're listening on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Uh, we ask that you please follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. We are. Posting, retweeting, and everything literally constantly. 
Um, if the link in the description for the podcast episode to the Discord server isn't good enough for you, we have a link posted on our Twitter as well. So plenty of plenty of ways to get to our Discord server, plenty of ways to get to our Twitter account. And again, everybody, thank you so much for... Oh, be sure to check out our sponsor, ETB Games. Their link Absolutely. is in the description below. And be sure to check, check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. If you want to know a little bit about them, we had Dylan on the last episode of the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go and give that a listen to find out more about them. They are some other guys from our locals. They're basically our sister channel. So... Thank you again, everybody. This is Sunny logging off. Take care, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.